Uh, good morning, everyone. It's good to have this opportunity again to share with you from the Word of God. And I, I want to, this morning, um, share uh, something. Uh, what I want to share and do this morning is to try and build on what Pastor Rich and Val shared last week. <clears throat> the focus and theme uh, of what they shared was expectation. Uh, we were encouraged to live our lives free from doubt and always live in a state of expectation. <clears throat> we were encouraged to be a people, to be a church that <clears throat> were living their lives fully convicted of and assured that God was with us and that we should expect to see the miraculous in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our communities. <clears throat> now we can do that because the answers to and fulfillment of our expectations is in Jesus, whose power is infinite. If I recall correctly, Val saw herself standing on the water of the lake and was taken to the story of Jesus walking on the water and Peter's attempt to do so. Yet she felt a conviction that the Lord showed her that the question was no longer about <clears throat> mustering faith to get out of the boat, but that as a people of faith, we were out of the boat. And although she didn't put it in this way, we were to walk on the water. In Val's words, we were now to live daily confident that God was going to move in our lives, in healing, in deliverance, in the miraculous, in provision, and in God's covering. As I thought about the challenge they brought and as I meditated in what they shared, <coughs> the word released became lodged in my mind. So I started to ask the Lord, how does that fit into what they share? I asked myself, what must happen for someone to walk on water? That is, I mean, I'm talking physically. Basically, we must be freed or released from the power of the natural physical forces that would normally affect us when we try to walk on water, and which would result in us sinking. And as I thought about that and the exhortation to live with the spirit of expectation, I felt the Lord impress upon my mind that it is important to understand that it must be an active expectation and not a passive one. You see, it's possible to have a passive expectation. I can have a bank of scriptures and theological truths that I hold on to and which I believe in, even claiming I expect God to manifest those things I believe, but which I never actively employ in my day-to-day -day life. If I can use the analogy, I am standing on the water but not walking on the water, simply acknowledging facts about God's power is not enough. We must get our feet wet. I believe if we are to build on what Val and Pastor Rich shared last week, we must begin in actively applying 
the promises of God. It's not about believing and standing back and waiting for God to do his thing. And that's where I believe the thought of release or released is important. As I thought about it, the words of Jesus to a woman in Luke chapter 13 came to mind. Luke chapter 13 verse 11 to 12 says this, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bent over and could <coughs> in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He didn't say you're healed. He said you're loosed. You are freed. You are released. This is what I believe we need in our lives today. In the natural, both physically and spiritually, we must be freed from any limitation that would limit our ability, as it were, to walk on the water. Every time we step out to minister, whether it's in Ealing or in whatever way from a human perspective, it is akin to walking on the water. It's something that we can't do naturally. We can only do it as we are freed or released from the limitations of our humanity. For expectation to become fulfilled, there has to be released to a place in the spirit where we are free, we're unconfined, we're unrestricted, we're unconstrained by our human strength and abilities. We are in the church, we are part of the body of Christ, but we may not yet be released to the purpose of God in our lives. God wants to use every one of us. How can God use me? Well, he wants to use me. He wants to use my personality. He wants to use my talents. He wants to use my strength. He wants to use all the human qualities I have. But only as they are surrendered to him for him to use through the power of the Holy Spirit. Whoever's listening to me and my message right now, it's important that you believe and accept that God wants to use you. You have giftings and abilities that God has a plan to use for his glory. Last week, Pastor Rich reminded us that God wants to baptize us with the Holy Spirit for the outworking of his purposes. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, Jesus speaking to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. As I reread that verse, I was led to read the prior two verses. This is what it says. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. 
May I, I, I just discuss, digress a little bit here, uh, because I believe that uh, this has wisdom for us today. The disciples were concerned with political issues. Jesus told them that they should not be, that should not be their priority. Jesus told them the priority is that you be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be effective witnesses in the world. And I believe that speaks to us today. I believe the priority of the church and Christians in the face of political turbulence, in the face of the uncertainty of a pandemic, should not be God's preordained fixed time for his return. And that's not me saying that. This is what Jesus told the disciples, and I believe it's applicable today. Jesus said, our priority should be to seek for the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the church so that we can be effective witnesses to the world. Let's get back to my message, the theme of my message. Jesus was saying to the disciples that to be used effectively and powerfully, they needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as we see in later chapters of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, they actually became greater and more powerful than they were in their humanity. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit releases us from the limitations of our human physical and spiritual strength. Now, many of us are greatly gifted naturally, but however great our gifting may be, it is always limited in its ability to accomplish God's purposes. I believe today God is challenging every one of us, you and me together, to step out in faith and experience more of the power and presence of God in our lives. To do with God's help what we could never do on our own. Or should I say, to walk on water even if it is in the midst of the storm. John Ortberg says that <clears throat> there's a wonderful bonus to living like that. He says, when men and women get out of the boat, they can never be the same. Every time you walk on water, each time you trust God and seek to discern and obey his calling on your life, your God will get bigger and your worship will grow deeper, richer, and stronger. And so this brings me to what I believe God wants to release amongst us at Transformation Church. I believe God desires that the gifts of the Holy Spirit be released in the lives of all in our fellowship. All those who are ready to walk on water. Let's remind ourselves what they are. They're to be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11. It says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. 
To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who portions to each one individually as he wills. In the introduction to that chapter, Paul said this, Now, brothers, I want to write <coughs> about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of you, for I don't want any misunderstanding about them. And it's important that we don't have any misunderstanding about the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. We live at a time when there can be no disparity between what Christians say and what they do. Or between what Christians know and how they live. The world needs to see a manifestation of the glory of God on the earth that has an impact on society. This world needs <coughs> to see revival. And a compromised church or Christians will never bring it about. I'm going to ask you this morning, will you agree with me that the church, including Transformation Church, desperately needs the power of Jesus and the energy and the activity of the Holy Spirit if we are to accomplish God's purposes in this hour. We need power, but not just any power. We need spiritual power. The kind of power that human flesh cannot produce. The kind of power that no church organization can produce, that no church programs can produce. And I believe this, this morning, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for each and every one of us in Transformation Church and can be a means of transforming our good intentions maybe into life-changing action. They are the means, I believe, to replace abstract theo theological uh, theory into practical life-changing action. Uh, Sam Storms writes this, he says, Spiritual gifts are God's answer to the human questions, why can't we do that? God's answer to the questions that we ask, why can't we do that? God goes on to say, spiritual gifts are the manifestation and power of God the Holy Spirit through which he intends to lead the church into the fullness of his ordained end. See, it's important. Sound doctrine is important. Knowledge of the word is important. But in themselves they are not enough. We may have the truth in us. 
We may know the not have the knowledge of the word in us. We may understand theology, but we need more than that. We need that truth that is in us, that we have in our hearts and our minds. We need it to be anointed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need an infusion of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, both individually and collectively, as a church. We need that infusion that will lead us <coughs> to being released in ministry in the church, but not only in the church, but outside the church, and having an impact on our community. Let's look at another quote by Sam Storms, which illustrates the incredible provision God has given to the church in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the fulfillment of its purpose. He says, The spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us, energizing our souls, imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power in our wills, and working his sovereign and gracious purposes through us. May repeat that. Spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us, energizing our souls, imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power in our wills, and working his sovereign and gracious purposes through us. Now there is something that is profoundly important here. In the spiritual gifts, God actually gives himself to us. Some in charismatic circles, when talking about these giftings, ask, and I believe it's sacrilegious, have you got the stuff? Our big spiritual gifts are not God bestowing to his people something external to himself. What God gives are not some tangible stuff or substance that is separate from God. In the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we receive God himself. God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I'm sure you know, is the third person in the, in the Trinity. When Jesus told the disciples that when he ascended, he would send a helper, the Holy Spirit. You can read it in John chapter uh, 14. Verse 16 to 18, I'll read it for you. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. It's important to know Jesus didn't say, it will help you. He didn't say, it will abide with you. He didn't say, you will know it. What does it say? Let's go back to it, to the verse again. He says, he will give you another helper. He may, uh, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him that is, the spirit of truth, the world doesn't see him, doesn't know him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you, I will come to you. 
the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts are not God sending something down to us separate from himself. Here is another quote by Sam Storms. It says, spiritual gifts are God present in, with, and through human thoughts, human deeds, human words, and human love. I thank God for what I learned as a young man growing up in the church. In fact, this truth about God, the Holy Spirit, was something that uh, one of my pastors when I was a young boy uh, was uh, a uh, man that was used uh, mightily in the prophetic in the start of the Apostolic Church in Wales. And um, he had lived actually through the Welsh Revival. And he always, whenever he mentioned the Holy Spirit, he would not just say the Holy Spirit, he would always say God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. Now in verse 7 of the scripture we just read, we are told when we are used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that is given through us a manifestation of the Spirit. Someone has said the spiritual gifts are God going public among his people. Now, I believe this morning the functioning of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church is essential today. They are vital to the church's mission. Now it lives out its calling in the world. And if we are to build the church, it is essential that we use the tools that God has provided for that purpose. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a vital part of the toolbox God has given up to the church for that purpose. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a conduit for God's divine energy to enter into our lives and into the lives of the church. To empower our otherwise maybe passiveness and to bring us into the fullness of the knowledge of an experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to meet today's needs, not yesterday's needs. His goal is to respond to today's circumstances and not yesterday's circumstances. The Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are able to equip us like nothing else to meet these needs. To meet today's needs, which are different from yesterday's needs, and which need different answers. God is able through the gifts of the Holy Spirit to give us the answers for today. So how can we move forward today? Let me ask you this this morning. Are you ready to be released? Are you ready to walk on water? Are you ready to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to give yourself to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I believe this world needs a church that is functioning on all cylinders. When the church does not embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is operating in limited power mode. At Transformation Church, we are determined to operate at full power. Or to continue the an analogy, we want to operate in top gear 
not first gear, or high gear, not low gear. If we were in the church this morning, it would be appropriate to invite you to the altar and to encourage you to demonstrate your determination to seek for the fullness of God in your lives, so that you would be able to minister effectively, whether in the church or outside the church. I don't know about you, but I find it exciting and encouraging that God wants to give us himself to accomplish that goal. We're reminded in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 by the Apostle Paul, for God is working in you. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you to give you the power to do what pleases him. Then further in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul says this, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God is able through his mighty power that's at work in us to accomplish great things. Let me ask you this morning, do you agree that we need revival? Do you agree that we need to see an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit? Do you agree that we want souls to be saved? We want to see our church become a powerful force in our community. We want to see our church grow. For this we need to come to that place, I believe. I trust you would agree with me. We need to ask for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon Transformation Church. We need to ask God to equip Transformation Church for its mission by distributing to all who desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If so, please Bow just where you are and join as we pray together. Let's believe that in this way, that both individually and as a church, we will be prepared and equipped to be effective in impacting the world around us with the power of the gospel. In a way, we couldn't without God's supernatural help. And that <coughs> we need to be enabled to walk on water every day. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that there is provision in you for your church to be an overcoming, victorious church. We acknowledge that we are the church. And that therefore there is provision for each and every one of us to live overcoming victorious lives. We thank you that you have provided for us the spiritual tools for us to be effective in ministry. And to bring glory and honor to your name upon the earth. Above all we thank you that you give nothing less than yourself to us to accomplish your purposes. 
We thank you that you give us the power to walk on water in every challenging situation. In the face of sickness, in the face of the impossible, in the face of oppression, in the face of the attacks of the enemy, in the face of whatever challenge we may encounter, you strengthen us to walk on water. If there is anything in my life that is an hindrance to you working in my life, please reveal it. So that I can repent and bring it to the cross for forgiveness and cleansing. I want to be free for you to use me. Father, pour out and baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit on Transformation Church. Father, I want to be effective in ministry in your body, in the church, and in the world around me. Equip me by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit in my life as you desire. Father, fill everyone in Transformation Church with the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that our ministry as a church will become greater and will demonstrate to the world your power and glory. We ask these things in the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. May God bless you.